And now, Pogtendo presents Side Quest Cinema. Welcome back to the raging campfires of Podtendo's side quest cinema, where we're supposed to be talking about video games, but now we're going on this journey where we watch movies instead for some reason. I am your co-host, Mick, and I am joined every episode by my lovely co-host, Tyson. Nice. Well done indeed. One of the last romps for a while that we'll have around the campfire. It's exciting and dashing, isn't it? Yes, very dashing. Nice. I haven't said dashing for a while. And listening to all of our old Star Wars reviews and lead up to this one. Dashing indeed. Nice. 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 Uh, so without further ado, um, we're getting right into it. Let's. We're looking at Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. One of the more controversial movies we will look at in SideQuest Cinema. Pretty exciting stuff, right? Yes, very. It's, uh, it's pretty good. To feel feels I shouldn't say this movie's good. I should say that it feels good to get closer to the end of wrapping up this trilogy. It's been a very long and interesting journey. We've learned a lot about the Star Wars franchise. I think personally, and yeah, uh, uh, yeah. So it's uh, it's been a very very interesting journey to say the least. Nice. Look at that, and we're into it right away. Uh, if you do want to contact us uh, and share any beliefs. Or share anything about any of these Star Wars films, especially in the lead up to the last or to the Rise of Skywalker episode nine. Uh, you can talk, contact us through email at Podtendo Podcast or check us out on Twitter at Podtendo. I think it's Podtendo at gmail dot com and Podtendo Podcast are the email and Twitter respectively. So we're getting right into it. We're not talking about our personal lives. We're only talking about what's most important: the quality of our Star Wars movies. The vital stats for this are The Last Jedi was it was released December 15th, 2017. The runtime was 152 minutes. It's a lot of runtime. The budget was 200 to 317 million dollars. Box office saw a return of 1.33 billion dollars. It was directed by Ryan Johnson, produced by Kathleen Kennedy and Rand Bergman. Cast included Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Adam Driver, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, and Andy Serkis. It's pretty exciting stuff, eh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, dang, $1.33 billion. How much money do you think Kathleen Kennedy has in the bank? I like, I, I, I imagine it's just an infinity sign, you know? Right. Or does or, or no, sorry, it's a Disney symbol. There you go. Yeah, that's it. She just walks in and she's like, hey, I work for Disney. And they say, here you go, ma'am. Here's my soul. <laughs> no, she has a stamp, and she's like, "This is mine, and this is mine, yeah. and this is mine, and I will this take is this mine. too." I don't own that, but I will now. So, <laughs> your baby now mine. I will take like, this. Well, now, now it belongs to Disney. Must be getting yep. its own franchise. That's it. That's it. Good times. You'll find her on uh, Disney Channel this fall or Disney Plus. The baby yep. I stole. <laughs> it's a new four part 
uh, miniseries. Yeah, it's gonna be it's, it's exciting stuff, exciting stuff. So the development details of this Disney movie, because we're now in Disneyland. Uh, in June of 2014, Ryan Johnson was reported to be directing episode eight, and by August it was confirmed he was writing and directing eight, uh, and was writing a treatment for episode nine. The story begins immediately after the last scene of The Force Awakens, which was difficult because they started making this movie at the same time as Episode 7, so they weren't really sure like where Episode 7 was going to end, so where they should begin, so kind of a little bit shady there. Uh, in December of 2015, Kathleen Kennedy said they hadn't mapped out every detail of the trilogy yet, but Abrams and Johnson were working to try and have a smooth transition in to Episode 9. Filming started January 23rd of 2016. Mark Hamill expressed disagreements with the director about his character, finding that his character's more disillusioned status to be a contradictory to his previous optimism. Production was delayed until... February due to script rewrites, and as of mid-February, the production was full go under the working title Space Bears. Principal photography wrapped in July. The locations included Mexico, Bolivia, Ireland, and Pinewood Studios. The film contains the most practical effects out of any of the Star Wars movies up until this point. There was 120 to 200 of them. Yay, Puppet Yoda. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm... Seems like a lot of work uh, that got put into it, but a lot of red flags, like the not having everything mapped out, seems to be a yeah, and script rewrites decision. too. Like yeah. this happens and a lot with these Star Wars movies where they don't have a finished script. It's Star Wars, so they just kind of push through production. Like Tyson said in one of our previous episodes, the script should be the first thing; it should be airtight before you ever go into production, because that's how most movies work, right? studios will buy scripts and then make movies whereas star wars for some reason they buy movies and then they write scripts yeah they bought some licensing rights and then realized that they have to get some movies out there yeah it's uh good times you know good good times so yeah these truly are the darkest of times that's it just like in the movies it's always dark and sad let's move on to uh i guess carrying on with our review we move to podtendo's terrible patented plot summary the First Order is on the is on the heels of the Rebellion and engages them in a slow-speed space chase. Neat. Meanwhile, Rey learns that Luke is kind of a dick now, and Kylo looks great with his shirt on, or sorry, his shirt off. Finn and Poe basically have nothing to do, so Finn goes to a casino planet for some much-needed action and accidentally reveals the Rebels' escape plans. Oh no! Ray learns the Force, has a fallout with Luke, fights with Kylo Ren, tries to turn him, and learns that she is no one. The First Order and Kylo chase the Rebels and Ray to fake off, where Luke makes a final stand and saves the day. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's what happens. That's everything that happens in this great, great, great film, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, good times. Good times. Nice. Uh, so obviously, with plot holes, uh, hopefully you could s- tell that my review or my uh, summary was eeping in some sarcasm throughout there. We will get into that in a little bit more detail. First, so let's look at the storytelling elements. Uh, so we have an introduction uh, of this film. It's kind of the rebellion running away from the First Order in race 
first interactions with Luke's. The inciting incident uh, is the First Order being able to track the Rebellion via light speed, which we couldn't see, we haven't seen before, and Ray uh, force timing with Kylo Ren. The rising action is the boring action during the chase, the casino planet, Ray's lessons, and turning on Luke. The climax is Ray and Kylo kicking butt together, the fake Hoth scene, and Luke's last stand. That means our conclusion is Ray and Leia talking about the future and Broom Boy. Oh yes, good old Broom Boy. Good times. Yep, yep. Well, shows that there's not just one Jedi out there or whatever. Yep, not just yeah. the last Jedi after all, you know? Yep, yep, yep. Nice. Well, it's... Uh, this movie is such a mess. And it's so long. Like, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. This this movie has the story of a 30-minute cartoon. Yeah, pretty like, much. Yeah. And, and well, bas- it's most Star Wars movies up to this point have been 2 hours, so they're about that 120 uh minute mark. This tacks on an extra 30 minutes. Uh and it's one of those things where you probably could cut out large chunks of this movie and just make it a lot tighter, right? Tell an actual story rather than just have scenes happen, and I think it would make a mo- for a more enjoyable experience. Yeah, well, I think that just goes to show that the person that directed this film didn't know what they were doing, so they just filmed a lot of it and then hoped any of it was good and try to fix it. Yeah, very, very true. Hence uh, why we... two and a half hours. Yeah, it's true. Same. Nice. Well, but, well, let's look at, quickly before we get into the actual review. Uh, films. This film's major overarching themes. So we have the themes of burn the past, balance, manipulating others skywalkers aren't important to the stories in this universe and fans don't control stories Hmm. yep but fans do pay the bills it's true so, very um, very true yeah it's a very interesting idea to kind of flip the whole everybody's theory and just kind of flip it on its head and like what the kind of internet and what everybody collectively was kind of expecting out of this movie and then just flip it on its head and then any expectation that you had from the previous movie and kind of flip it on its head but at the same time when you do that then you have a movie that's flipped on its head and unless you have something rooting it you have a mishmash and two and a half hours of madness yeah oh and i agree and i do believe that uh, you know what it could work uh, and everything, you can't take everything at face value, too. Maybe that's maybe one of the themes, uh, is some things that were said may not come to pass. And maybe that's not the story that they wanted to tell, you know? And just because we, as fans, as a collective, wrote our own story and we thought we knew it was going to happen, uh, we were disappointed, doesn't mean a movie's bad, right? doesn't mean the storytelling's bad. It's just, you know, it's like, well, we weren't planning on going in that direction, so why are you mad that we didn't go in that direction, right? Well, that's fair. Yeah. And I think that sometimes, um, as long as the story that you're telling is good and has thought behind it and a plan <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and doesn't have massive gaping plot holes and lost time and, and scenes that you're like, you know, you can cut 45 minutes of this first half of this movie, right? And you're like, yeah, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, that yeah so yeah. like i'm fine like, with like doing writing your own story and telling your own story but it needs to be serviceable and that's what yeah. we've learned between the good and the bad star wars movies is this some the good ones have um interesting ideas and they kind of go with it and they tell a story 
and others have some stuff that they need to work on but yeah very true maybe nice. maybe let's get into it yeah let's look at the review uh i think we'll just keep the format i was good for some reason i in my notes i was thinking if we do the criticism first and then bitch and then we're nice yeah but let's just go through it normally start off with our review so what's our favorite part of this movie uh, so my for myself, I guess I'll just go through it. I don't know if Tyson probably has a lot of favorite parts. But my favorite parts of this movie, and I think there are lots of strong Star Wars parts in this movie. Uh, it's just not probably a strong Star Wars movie overall. Uh, Luke's Last Stand. Uh, it's pretty incredible. Uh, I don't think there'd be a cooler way for this fan favorite, for this iconic character to go out, rather than standing with his lightsaber, facing down what looks like insurmountable odds. There's these giant machines, there's tons of firepower, and when they just shoot him, and you're like, oh, he's dead, but then he walks out from the rubble, the first time I experienced that, your mind is almost blown. You're like, what a freaking awesome moment. Uh, and that just scene by itself, I think, is... Uh, yeah. I would love to see someone dispute that from being an awesome, incredible Luke Skywalker moment. Pretty epic. And I think that that is um, a really sweet scene. Yeah, my favorite part of this movie is kind of, I guess, where I I really like Daisy Ridley. She's kind of come, I didn't really know what to expect out of her. I've never seen her or anything. And she's really has some emotion and actually has some kind of gravity i don't know i I think that she's very she's very watchable and i think that uh yeah i i I like where ray's character is going is she's be kind of trying to find her own way yeah as opposed to being told to you're the chosen one this is your destiny go do and yeah well it's fate versus free will right whereas luke skywalker anakin were forced by the force uh and fate to 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 be the characters they were whereas ridley's character is you were kind of you have brevity you know you kind of have choice you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. nice other yeah so again at some point maybe someone might we might shit on this movie a little bit so just other awesome my favorite parts the yoda puppet the fact that it's not a cgi uh it looks like yoda in this film i was excited especially the second viewing that i watched it i was like oh my gosh like that is actually really incredible that they force ghosted a yoda puppet and i was like why wouldn't the the prequels do this come on and then finally just the island setting the themes of the force that are discussed the dark cave i think is a really cool set uh the mystery it, it was just really awesome i ate it up i kind of wanted just more and i wish it would have just been more of luke being luke talking about the force on this island i think that would been really neat another positive is i think all the atmosphere and the sets that were created and um the area like the atmosphere and the worlds that they go are very creative and interesting yeah and that's what a lot of i think lack the some of the weaker star wars movies definitely um don't do as well as they kind of just have like here's just basically one long train or one long tunnel sequence that people are going to go on yeah and and that that doesn't really feel like it's it's here it feels like they kind of there are worlds and they are exploring them especially the island like you say but i think that even some of the set pieces are just really nicely designed so i really like the sets i guess yeah Yeah, the the sets and the, the atmosphere is pretty good 
Nice. Okay, so what about, what's our most notable scene or part of this movie? So maybe you haven't seen it for a while. Maybe you saw it opening night, and it's been up until literally the week before I recorded the podcast that I've seen it again. Uh, and what parts stick out? What is that scene or part of the movie that you're probably going to talk to about uh, with an uncle or a friend or someone maybe if you haven't aren't super familiar with the film? So Tyson, what is your most notable scene or part of this movie? Well, Luke's last stand is pretty fantastic. Like you said yeah. earlier, it's really epic and kind of gives you a whole like kind of messes with your head for a second then like it's 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 pretty decent little twist um i think yeah i you know maybe not some people's favorite but i just the way it's handled and the way it's shot is is pretty and and really badass but there's there's definitely one other notable scene but why don't you talk about it Uh, i think there's a part where they're on the bridge uh it looks like kylo is going to strike ray down he turns on snoke uh just kills Snoke and then Rey and Kylo proceed to probably have one of the best uh, lightsaber duels battles uh, in the whole Star Wars franchise uh, on the bridge of the ship and I think that is probably the most notable scene and just interaction between Rey and Kylo uh, we kind of talked about how the characters were a little bit shitty and they definitely redeemed them Kylo and Rey are definitely a lot more interesting and you kind of like are interested to know how where their stories go, like what happens with them going forward with that. Uh, and I think just that scene, the image of them fighting on the bridge uh, is super iconic. Yeah, and I think it's actually really well shot. It as Yeah. Throw some praise that way, where it's, I think, you let the action, you actually get to see it, and you get to see the movement of these characters and the implication. I think that also um, watching the Imperial Guard fight is something that I always wanted to see back in the day. Yep. And now I actually get to see them in action. And holy crap, they're badass. But they're definitely no match for these two hardcore badasses. Which is, which yeah. is which just like, it kind of solidifies them that these two, their fighting skill has taken another next step forward. Yeah, And I think that that is very well showcased in this scene. Well, and you could almost uh, like look at the argument or make the argument too that this scene was definitely overshadowed with the fact that there's the reveal. Uh, and again, so these, there's spoilers going to be in this podcast. Um, you should know that by now. If you, if you if you haven't seen episode eight, the last Jedi, and you're listening to us, that's dumb. Uh, but the fact that there was the reveal of your parents are nobody, uh, they mean nothing. Uh, you don't learn who Snoke is before he's died. I think just the that they kind of like let the uh, arrow to the balloon a little bit with that one you know and everyone's like oh they're not gonna tell us that that fucking sucks does take away a little bit from this scene but if you could step back and watch the scene just on its own uh without those kind of those previous misgivings it's an excellent it's an awesome scene yeah i think yeah it's an interesting way to take the kind of character it's a little bit more realistic to be yeah. honest it's it's instead of like oh your parents were these people of destiny that kind of keep, keeps with the the lack of destiny and it's yeah. more of like you are who you make yourself kind of thing where it's like ray has to find her own her own way and it doesn't matter who her parents are they are nothing it's like you are your own person yeah. you're an orphan you grow up in, on, a, on a harsh planet and you're you become a strong woman and now you're halfway fighting around the world for a re, re, uh, rebellion it's like yeah your parents don't matter in the grand scheme of things it's like you are who like you're yep. making your story be which so i, I like the way that well and there's an interesting portrayed. moment too where he says i knew as kylo's powers grew his opposite on the force or on the light side would also grow so that is who ray is ray is kylo's force opposite yeah. done that's the explanation right and if that's all we get 
maybe I'll come to terms with it, but maybe not. Maybe not indeed. Okay, so now that we've been nice, we've said some good things, let's go through our least couple negatives. What's our least favorite part of this movie? Tyson, what's your least favorite part of this movie? Oh, God, there's so much. Like how every character is an idiot. Yeah. Every character basically is kind of dumb. Like yes. just like actually just like, oh, sorry, uh, like just take the interaction of Poe and the general where he's like, oh, yep, sorry. You, who is this? Uh, like, sorry. Like, and it's like just basically pretends he's not there. And then the one guy has to turn to him and be like, sir, I believe you're being screwed with. It's like, yes, <laughs> really? Yeah, he, this this is the level of humor we're going for in this. And it's well, like, I, so maybe it's like instead of like, it's the dumb humor or it's the how, how the characters have to act dumb for the humor to work. Yeah, and it's almost that this movie is a like a pseudo comedy for some reason that like you probably didn't realize you were watching a comedy when you watched this movie, but uh, it it's played for laughs a lot of the times, right? Yeah. Uh, and then it, played super serious other times. Yeah, but it's just like the and Star Wars can be funny. There could be funny moments, but also at some point they're in a garbage smasher and they're going to be destroyed, right? And then C three PO misunderstands their cheers of life are not them being crushed to death. Like, that's that's allowed to be funny, but just having randomly a prank phone call, is that funny? Yeah, and I think that there's a but difference then, between... But then what happens after that is you see one of the coolest X-Wing fights on the space, like, on, that you've ever seen, right? Like, him flying around and doing power slides is a really cool moment, but you're like, wasn't there just a prank phone call two seconds ago? Yep. yep. Yeah, so for myself, my least favorite part of this movie is the casino planet just plot thread the little setting it's about 10 minutes but why did we go there uh they realized that this movie was basically on two sets it was on two spaceships and a cool island uh and disney was probably like oh you gotta go to like at least a couple different uh worlds you know and we need to see some some crazy aliens because we sell toys that's what we do so they're like oh let's just randomly go to a casino planet learn that slaves are bad and have them do some crazy action scenes that look bad you know it or... looks very prequely. Yes. And I don't like that, especially because they know the practical effects. They brought Yoda in. They have the most practical effects of any other movie, but yet they still had their prequel part, right? And I just, I don't like it. I think it's dumb. And it is what well, comedy bears. Why do they get arrested? Because they park their ship on the beach. Why do they park their ship on the beach? Why don't they park in the parking lot, right? That would be like you going to the casino and you parking in the middle of the, the road and then going into the casino, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Or par- parking in their fountain and then being like, dude, yeah. you left your, you left your F one fifty in my, in my fountain. If casinos like, in star Wars act like casinos, huh. like you get free parking at casinos because they want you to come in and spend money. Right. So why yeah. wouldn't they just park in the parking lot? And now the whole plot is resolved. Also, if you can travel from light speed from this, like rebel ship from light speed to another planet and the first order doesn't notice, why don't they just put all like 300 rebel fighters on that spaceship and like fly back and forth because see now you're pointing out holes for a subplot that basically got shoehorned in because they they added up the main plot and they were like shoot 75 minutes does not make movie not make a movie and we have these six other characters that we've done nothing with yeah and i I, do we rewrite the story well no no that's fine fine. we need finn needs something to do obviously so we'll do this okay it's dumb all right uh so then what a a criticism so what's our final negative what's our final criticism stamp on this movie (laughs) our final criticism i guess is the tone of this movie is so inconsistent and i think that that mixed with a story that's a little 
incoherent makes for a not great movie watching experience. Yeah. Like it, it's it makes it messy, it makes it long, it makes it arduous, it makes it a chore. And watching a Star Wars movie should be a fun, action-packed popcorn time as opposed to a head-scratching comedy with good action set pieces and bad dialogue. Yeah, and just even like what echoing what you just said, um, I think just the fact that they wrote the script, kind of the making subversions, uh, just for sub for subversion's sakes, right? Oh, Game of Thrones does subversions, and people love when the red wedding doesn't go as planned. Whereas this, they're like, well, what if we tell the reveals not as planned? People will love that. That's eh, not really it. Uh, the pacing of this film, the middle part is so slow. The climax isn't well paced. The Kylo and Rey fight, which we praised, we thought it was so cool, should have been minutes away from Luke's last stand. But instead, there's 20 minutes and this weird dogfight with these crappy ships, which are funny because what if we kick the ship and like parts of it fell off and we're like, oh, what the heck's going on here? Uh, that pacing is totally terrible. You could cut that 20 minutes out. The movie would be two hours and everyone would be happy. And the fact that we give two characters, Poe, I really like Poe. I think Poe's a really fun character. And I think Finn is extremely, extremely interesting. And I think they could have done so much more with him as opposed to giving them nothing to do. And like, what does Poe do in this movie? He fights against the general who has the same interests in his mind. Okay. Uh, Finn, what does he do? Nothing. Yep. He goes on this freaking side quest, and they're like, "What if you did funny stuff and rode a donkey?" No, it's what happens if you were the like the guy always reacting to the situation and never in control of the situation. That's funny, right? And like, I feel like yeah. you just had these two characters that you had stuff to do. Like, you they could have been. They don't need to be main main characters. They really don't. You can kind of no. let characters drop off. Yeah. Well, you, so I, like, I think my or give final them a lesser role, like like yeah. Chewbacca is a fantastic character, but nobody complains about how much screen time Chewbacca gets. Yeah, give Foe and Pin or Foe and uh, I'm mixing my words now. Finn and Poe. Yep, the like same amount of screen time as basically Chewbacca. Give them big things to do in important moments. You're done. Well, I've heard them described too as like the new R two D two and C three PO, the bumbling side quick sidekicks, and that works too, right? Yeah, but I, I just think, but it's it, it is weird. It, everyone has a story, a series of like B or C plots where everyone has equal screen time, but they don't really like everyone go somewhere. Like Ray should have been the main story. Uh, the rebels escaping should have been the B plot, and you could have had like a minor C plot of something happening. But essentially, just tell those two stories, right? Like you don't need to have a four way story that you're telling. It's unnecessary. And I think my final criticism, my final stamp on this, echoing what Tyson said, I went to say this and had to kind of like get get just my criticisms, uh, is the fact that they have really cool set pieces. They have really cool parts of a Star Wars movie, and they wrecked it by adding unnecessary nonsense. Yeah, a Star Wars <laughs> like space, like a slow space travel spaceship fight is really cool. They could have done so much more with it, but instead they're just like, let's just leave, make it boring. Uh, the stuff with Ray and Luke talking about the Force is awesome, but they have to intercut it with like, what if Luke whipped Daisy Ridley with a weed? Wouldn't that be funny? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And there's so many cool things in there where I think you could actually cut this movie and make it better, right? Like, I think all the elements are there. And if you just like edit it down a little bit, you could actually make this movie really, really good. But they didn't do that. They gave us kind of a bloated mess. And that's my final criticism of this movie. Yeah, I agree. It's it's a really bloated mess that's tonally inconsistent, and every job the director is supposed to do kind of got 
done inconsistently. I'll say that. I'll be nice. Yeah. I'll say inconsistent. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So now that we're done our negatives, we'll have one final positive, and then our review is over. So I recall hating this movie. I saw it really late on opening night. I left the theater. It was 2.30 in the morning. And upon rewatching it, uh, it was way better than I recalled. Uh, it holds up, I think, as honestly one of the better Star Wars films. Uh, my opinion of this movie, though, is going to be very tied to what happens in the finale. Right? Uh, this movie may have just lied to us. And for two years, we sat there thinking Rey was no one when it turns out Rey is actually Kylo Ren's sister. And you're like, God damn it. <laughs> You know, like, so stupid. I mean, considering the next film is called Rise of Skywalker, I feel like maybe the story should have been about the Skywalkers. Just saying. <laughs> uh, right now, I am uh, fully conflicted how I feel. Is it a good movie? Is it a bad movie? Uh, do the subversions make sense? Maybe the casino planet plays a vital role in the story. You know, maybe we'll find out. Uh, so, unfortunately, like I said, I think this, there's lots of great elements of this movie. It's better than I thought. There's my final praise. Uh, and I think I'm actually kind of in interested. I'm pretty excited. Uh, what will Rise of Skywalker bring us? And does it make this movie better or worse? We don't know. Tyson, what's the final praise you can say of this movie? <clears throat> I'm looking forward to the next one and putting this one in the rear view mirror. Because I had a real mixed bag of a time. <clears throat> and I just feel like the... These movies really aren't for me. I'm a very story and character driven person and I keep looking for stories and characters and there's not a whole lot happening. There seems to be like people bumbling through scenes and maybe having a speech now and then, but like telling me and not showing me doesn't make me emotionally attached to a lot of these characters. So I don't know. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm having a mixed bag. I didn't really like this one as much as I, as I liked some of the other ones, but it's, visually pleasing it has some very strong acting there is some of the best dogfight scenes and in, in like space battles i've ever seen it's a it's a very watchable movie but it's not my type of watchable movie so yeah okay nice so that ends our review so we have two final things and then we'll kind of just like stop talking about this movie altogether. so a final are you buying it now, if Hodo would have just told the rebels and Poe her plan, uh, they wouldn't have rebelled. They wouldn't have uh, tried to escape. Instead of lying to Poe, they just kind of created tension for no reason. So my, my theory is, what was the point of Hodo not telling her plan other than plot reasons? Literally, if someone was watching you, that would make sense to build up tension in your movie. But there's no point to it. That's not even a buying it. That's just me bitching about this movie. The only thing i can think of is if they had some doubt about poe's loyalty i guess i don't know and and if they were like had we thought that you weren't 100 percent committed to the rebellion we didn't think that you were necessary like we should have told you because had the uh empire known about our plan all, all along they would have just it would have been yeah, we we wouldn't have known until it was too late, and we couldn't rest that. All right, or something all right. like that. How about a, an actual? How about an actual fun fan theory that I've heard recently? So, in preparation for this podcast, normally I watch the movie, come up with my own opinions. I had no idea. I will. I've listened to hours of podcasts. I've listened to that are pro uh, Last Jedi. I've watched tons of YouTube videos, podcasts that are uh, like against this movie. The one interesting theory I'm going to take away is. The writers of Episode 9 are J.J. Abrams and Chris Terrio. 
Chris Terrio was responsible for Batman vs. Superman and Justice League, Dawn of Justice. At one point, J.J. Abrams said, when it comes to writing this story, he said, you know what, I just said, F it, and went with it. What if his F it moment was introducing time travel to Star Wars? So what if Rise of Skywalkers literally means they're going to go to the Death Star, use some type of energy that still remains in the the ruins of the Death Star, and try and bring and raise Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader back from the dead? Just saying, they did it in Avengers, you know? They did it in Avengers, and Disney was like, man, look at all the time travel money. Maybe we should time travel in Star Wars. You know, I used to love time travel. I used to think it was a really neat, like, gimmick that was cool as a one-off, but what every darn movie nowadays needs to incorporate time travel, maybe you're just bad writers. Maybe if you wrote out your story from start to finish, you wouldn't have to go back to the beginning to be like, oh, and rewrite it. Yes. Just saying, kids, do your homework all the way through on Friday night. Don't just leave it to Sunday night to try to last minute piecemeal it together. Because sometimes Friday's not enough. Sometimes you need to work on Saturdays. But if you only start on Sunday evening, you you don't have Sunday to turn it in. True. You have to turn it in tomorrow. You have school tomorrow. You have listen work. To, you have to listen turn to these it old to guys. boss. We know what we're talking about when it comes to, uh, uh, you know. I'm telling these writers homework. how to get their homework, do- to get their work done before boss's meeting so they don't have to give us the schlock. That's it. That's it. I definitely fell off of my sentence about homework there because I started having post-traumatic stress. All right. So with that, now that we know that there's going to be time travel in The Last Jedi or in The Rise of Skywalker, and I'm literally going to go into the movie expecting them to do time travel, and I'm going to start laughing when they bring it up. I kind of feel like because my expectations are so low, I'm going to be really excited by it. So go episode nine. Uh, Finally, Babe Hall of Fame, Hodo, Leia. Do we give Ridley a second entry? Did she get in last time? She did. Unanimously. Nice. And I think she's definitely more attractive and more compelling in this film. So if we gave it to her in Force Awakens, Last Jedi, I'm going to give her another vote. Can I give her a little star? Oh, yeah, for sure. And, like, she gets a little star next to her name. She gets a double winner. Nice. Good job, Daisy Ridley. You really stepped it up, and you made this movie not as terrible as it probably should have been. Oh, God. Every every scene with her in it was completely watchable. Yep. Oh, I agree. They should have done more of that and less time on casino planets because we need we need a fourth D plot running around, you know? Well, it's just sad that like forty minutes of this movie was literally just garbage that could just been cut away okay. and, and weren't very useful. And you're just like, just give me more Daisy Ridley. Please. So I'm going to use my powers. I'm going to use my powers of audio media. And actually, one of the things uh, I, we, we kind of joke about, like, why do we talk about movies on this uh, retro and video game podcast? Part of it is for me and Tyson. I like to go back and have a auditory review uh, and just my thoughts. So one of my favorite things is going back and saying, what did I think of Revenge of the Sith? I literally have an auditory for 20 minutes. I can listen to myself talk about this movie. I'm going to lay this out there for the whole world to see. I came up with this as soon as I saw The Last Jedi. We're going to do a segment, how would you make this film better? So quickly, my how I'd make this better is I would take Finn, Poe, and Rose and say, hey, we have to shut off this tractor beam. Let's infiltrate the, the, the Dreadnought or the Snoke ship, whatever it's called. What if we 
flew at light speed to this exhaust port, stopped, and you have to be the best pilot in the galaxy. That's where Poe comes into place. Go inside. We need to know the layout. That's where Finn comes into place. And we need Rose because she can shut off a tractor beam or, like, help somebody escape from prison, maybe a code breaker, have the same characters even. Uh, so you basically, instead of going to a casino planet, you do that entire side mission on a ship. It's between the two ships. It's on uh, the Jedi island those are your sets you don't have to muck things about i think it would just make the movie a little bit tighter or maybe just have that ray and uh kylo ren sword fight closer to luke's last stand one of those two and that's how i would change this movie tyson what would you make change about this film yeah definitely fixing finn and poe's stories because having him basically be like having him just kind of like throw an internal like revolt in the Republic is interesting in theory, but has nothing to do with a story and works great for, for TV writing, but we're not writing for TV. We're writing for movies. So we need to think bigger than that. That's too small. So we need to, and then we need to take Poe having to break out a code breaker and Rose being with him to also break out the code breaker is great for character building, but this is only the second of three movies, so we don't need to worry about that too much. We just need to put them in a lot of scenes together and show that they have chemistry. So that's it. You just you just need to really just take those three characters and do exactly what you said. Give them something to do alongside the. Give them a B B story, not an A story. Don't have three A stories. Have one A. Give that to Ray and give that to Kylo. Let them just do their thing yep. and build build the universe and actually have like the side plot about the skywalkers work its way out so you don't need to bring it up again if that's not what the story's about and then yeah just just it's easy simple nice nice i like to i like to compare this movie to communities uh nicholas cage is he good or bad we don't know we should have a whole classic community college about this and i think on this film you could is it good is it bad we don't know so there you go or uh who's the boss well that that's a whole different story, you know. Well, no, it's clear. It's clearly Angela. It's true. Abed showed us. It's true. It's not- he did show us. Nice. So with that, uh, that's it. We're done a review. We're gonna have a final wayback machine, a cultural significance, and then we are all prepped. We are all ready. We've done our homework, and we are ready for the end of this epic saga. You know, it's good times. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right. So finally. We're going to jump into our Wayback Machine. We're going to travel back two whole years to December 15th of 2017. And we're going to ask the age-old question, do we want to live there? So we're going to start out by asking Tyson, of these two shows, which would you rather watch? The Simpsons, season 29, episode 9. Gone, boy? When Bart goes missing, Sideshow Bob attempts to get Milhouse to reveal his location. Or The Good Place, season 1, episode 9. Someone like me as a member... Eleanor must fight to stay in the good place by building her case against the eternal judge. So of those two shows, Tyson, what would you rather watch? Probably The Simpsons, because I've never even heard of The Good Place. Yeah, really? You've never heard of The Good Place? No, I've not. Oh, uh, it's on Netflix. It's a lot better than it sounds. So, But we'll give this victory to The Simpsons. So good job, Simpsons. Good job by them. Uh, Other top TV shows you could be watching are Game of Thrones, The Handmaid's Tale, Big Little Lies, Stranger Things, Better Call Saul, Mindhunters, and Fargo. 
Yeah, so not not terrible TV shows, but uh, I mean, we we're on the last season of the Game of Thrones, so it's going to be a little rough. Uh, no, this was season. This is the season where they uh, Jon Snow and like Daenerys hook up at the end. So is that going uh, into the final season? Oh, that is right. That's, yeah, I guess that yeah. is season seven. Okay. Okay, so we're good. We're good. We're still we're still got lots of high high parts. We're good. Lots of hope, you know. Lots yeah, of hope absolutely. left. All right, those writers about... are going to work their way through it. Don't worry. How about, uh, the, sorry, top cartoons? We're watching SpongeBob, South Park, Samurai Jack, Adventure Time, We Bear Bears, and Rick and Morty. Hmm. Good, good. I'm very happy to see Samurai Jack back. So Back in the max, it's Samurai Jack. Burp, burp, burp. How about other top movies that are around around this time? So nothing goes up against Star Wars, just like no one puts Baby in the corner. And that's not just a reference to... Uh, whatever that movie is. Dirty Dancing? Dirty Dancing? Yeah. That was a good segue by me. I don't know why I brought that up. The other movie still in theaters could be The Greatest Showman and I, Tonya. And if you waited a few weeks, you could see Jumanji 2, Pitch Perfect 3, and The Post? They really are starting to pump out these Jumanji movies. Um, did I say Jumanji 3? Because I meant Jumanji 2. No, but I mean, didn't the first one, like the first remake just come out and then uh, this no. is the second remake no this is that's no there was jumanji with robin williams in like 97 and then in 2017 jumanji 2 welcome to the Jun- jungle came out with the rock ah yes sorry i'm thinking of jumanji the next level which is coming out this year my apologies yes yeah not to be confused with jumanji the next level which is coming out alongside episode nine what the hell wait Wait, when did Jumanji come out? Did it come out the same year as The Phantom Menace in 1990? Wait, when did Jumanji... Alright, let's keep going through this list while Tyson looks that up. Top video games that came out in December of 2017 were Xenoblade Chronicles 2, A Hat in Time, and Civilization 4. So definitely not as strong as our Mario, or whatever that that year was when Mario came out. And then the top three songs, according to the Billboard charts, are... Number three, Perfect by Ed Sheeran. Good job, Ed Sheeran. No, we're. I think we're okay with Justin. Uh, or sorry, Justin. Uh, with Jumanji, it's uh that was ninety five. No, no Star Wars in ninety five. All right, good. Oh, <laughs> we almost uncovered a terrible secret, and Disney would have came and killed us. So, <laughs> thank goodness. Thank goodness to us. How about the number two song was Havana by Camila Cabello. waiting for her to say Havana so so badly. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. I was almost holding my breath. Nice. Alright, and then the final song number one was Rockstar by Post Malone featuring 21 Savage. Blowing smoke, she asked me light a fire like a muscle. Act a fool on stage, probably leave my fucking show in a cop car. Shit was legendary through a TV, I don't know what I'm on top. 
hey, if you're not going to say rock star, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Song. I was really hoping he was going to say it quickly, but then he just didn't. Just kept going, you know. Good times, good times. So with that, that ends kind of our look back December 15th, 2017. Are we going to travel back to that time? Eh, probably not. Probably not. I mean, I'm so close to episode 9 coming out. Traveling back two years to have to wait two more years for episode 9 to come out would be the dumbest thing I ever did in my whole life. Yeah, that'd really be uh, that'd really be shooting yourself in the foot, eh? Ugh. It'd be be really... like that, it'd just be like that time where Cartman uh, traveled to the future to get himself a Nintendo Wii. Nintendo Wii is a lot of fun, you know? It's good times, good times. So, with that, all we've got is a cultural significance left, and then we are all done, ripped, raring to go. So, cultural significance. In this section, as we journey through this film series, we're going to look at reboots and sevens, that was last episode, when fans turn on their creators, that's this episode, and conclusions. Hmm. I don't really know anything about episode nine at this point, so coming up with a third thing to talk about was quite difficult. Hmm? quite difficult mm-hmm. and i guess i have a little diatribe to go into so bear with me people fandom is great fans can be awful though in the last few years there are countless fan bases that are creating toxic environments that are going too far look at how rick and morty fans act in public it's kind of downright embarrassing and also almost makes you want to disassociate yourself from that show how people respond to the Harry Potter prequels and the backlash of this film. And even though it's not a movie, this happens a lot in pro wrestling where they uh, they give you something and fans say, no, we're just going to boo the hell out of them. Uh, this movie is a little bit of a jab at the fact that fandoms don't or fandoms don't control the intellectual properties. Although critically reviewed, 91%, this film received quite a negative backlash from fans. 45%. Uh, A lot of the criticisms of this film did come from the far right, and were based on political and racial lines. The females and not-white actors received death threats. Ryan Johnson is still explaining this movie to idiots online. These kind of actions and comments are uncalled for, and these trolls should be ashamed and tried. The low box office and subsequent end of other Star Wars films could be viewed as a silent protest of The Last Jedi. That is a good way of reacting to a bad movie, as opposed to telling a female actress that she should fucking die. Uh, there are some valid criticisms of this film, but considering that they uh, they kind of that there's a fan funded remake going around online, but often the internet is a scary place. Instead of getting into a political conversation, let's just say that not listening to your fan base is bad, and look at some fun video games. <laughs> yeah, um, that it, it, it can have uh, pretty massive repercussions when the people that pay your bills are basically your your clients when you just basically say i don't really want to listen to what you're saying i just want to do my own thing that's great in the land of art but when you're trying to make money off that don't get offended when people use their wallets but when do get offended when people act like trollish garbage and say horrible things that's not okay so yeah Shame hopefully, on both sides. hopefully that came across. Uh, again, sometimes the way I write is just random gibberish that's supposed to be like point form, but I put them into sentences. So sometimes no, I think you did good. All right, yeah. There's a couple couple stumbles there. I'll clean it up in editing. You'll never even notice. Uh, so yeah, with that being said, uh, me and Tyson, I think we're pretty upfront about we didn't like this movie because it's not a movie, not because there was a girl. In fact, if anything, I think our favorite Tyson's favorite part is literally the girl of this film. So 
I actually wanted her to get more time. <laughs> yeah. But there are people out there that says only boys are allowed to be in Star Wars movies because I'm a boy and no girls. You know yeah. what? Fuck that guy. Yeah. Yeah. That guy's an idiot. Don't listen to that guy. Nice. So how about back to our list of just top 10 video games rejected by their fans. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got mm. Kingdom Hearts 3. So after years and years of buildup, the slow tale didn't quite meet fans' expectations. Yeah, well, I guess when you wait like 12 years to release a sequel to something, sometimes that can uh, really build up the uh, expectations. Yeah, very, very true. How about Max Payne 3? It's as a complete tonal shift in the series, from bullet time to a much darker tone. I've played Max Payne. I've never played Max Payne 3. Uh, and I imagine the bullet time was kind of a big part of that series. So if you're going away from that, what's the point? Yeah, that's like taking a Halo game and making it like a third-person shooter. It's like, what it's are true. you doing? It's true. <laughs> Do you know what you know what people like about this game? It's true. What about Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts? Maybe one of the best collectathon platformers ever to a weird racing game where Banjo's just a fat guy. Yeah, and is kind of like cynical towards its former self, which a lot of fans really still like and play. Yep. So I don't get like, like if you're going to make a game, don't, don't dump on your previous one unless it like is a movie that was hated by everybody. But if it was loved by everybody, maybe don't make fun of it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. What about Hitman Absolution? So this basically what turns into a stealth camouflage game. What would be the next step? Wouldn't it be turning it into an all-out shoot-em-up? No, that's yeah. not what Hitman's about. It shouldn't be a first-person shooter that you're running around killing people. It's all about stealth and trying to uh, have intri- intricate ways that you can commit your assassinations. Exactly. It's, like it's about committing the assassinations, not killing people. Mm. How about Halo 5? Its lackluster story did not excite fans. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it was like 12 missions, and four of them had Master Chief. So Great. L- let that sink in. You're, you're, everybody's favorite character, you're in it for one-third the time. Good job. What, what about the other two-thirds? This guy. Like, Smart. Hmm. Yeah. Great. What about Red Dead Redemption 2? It's very linear missions slow down this epic open-world game. Interesting. I didn't know that there was a little bit of pushback on that game. Yeah, uh, they basically there. It's it's an awesome narrative experience. Uh, it's a really cool open world experience. They don't do either one though, like really well. And I think people almost wanted more of a Bethesda experience where you could craft, you could uh, be a lot more creative. There was like little side missions, but they didn't really get that right. They got basically Resident Evil or Grand Theft Auto in the Wild West. Gotcha. Yeah. What about Devil May Cry? Uh, colon. Devil May Cry? Why not completely re- redesign your main character so he's, like, sexier? Because that's what people want, right? Yeah, and emo, because that's popular right now, right? Yeah. That's what the kids are like. Yeah. How about Mass Effect 3? After giving you, basically, a, an extremely choice-driven narrative over three games, ending the game with really, essentially, what boils down to two options, did not sit well and was a very unsatisfying conclusion to this game series. Yeah, yeah. Well... Unfortunately, the ending, as we've discussed in a lot of our previous movie reviews, is really hard to land. So, But you having three games and each one of those games having multiple years to work on it, you'd think that somebody might have formulated a thought about the ending. 
So that's really disappointing. You'd think so. And then finally, Resident Evil 6. So fans weren't super impressed by 5's departure from the horror elements. So let's really depart from those elements and just make basically a first-person shooter. You know, that'll teach them. Yeah, especially when your fans are saying, hey, can you give us more survival horror stuff and less shooting? And then you're like, more shooting. Yeah, smart. That's a good way of... That's a good way of handling your business, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially when buy products from you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But that's all I've got. That kind of ends our show on The Last Jedi. The last big hurdle. Our second to last movie review. It's really thrilling, exciting stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to the next one. And I can't believe we've gotten this far. It was kind of a, a thought we had last year. And yeah. Knowing that this game or that this this movie was coming out, it was kind of like I'm happy that we could get it all wrapped up and timed out perfectly for the for the new movie. And hopefully, this latest trilogy will wrap up because then we'll be finishing the whole Star Wars basically franchise and move on mm. to bigger and brighter things. Probably less movie reviews. Thrilling stuff. Thrilling, thrilling stuff. Nice. Uh, so, with that, any final thoughts, comments, concerns? Oh, I guess we should go through our Star Wars movie rankings. Oh, yes. So, as we're going into the last movie, we don't know how it concludes. Uh, let's just give ty- r- go through our rankings of these films. Uh, st- I'm just going to run through it, and then we can talk about it afterwards. All right, so I'm going to start with Empire. I think that's the best movie, followed up with A New Hope. Uh, then I'm going to put Revenge of the Jedi, Revenge of the Sith, sorry, Episode 3. So I'm going to go 5, 4, 3. That's my top tier. Those are the best. Uh, into my second tier, so the movie's that are terrible i'm gonna go jedi solo force awakens followed by this film that we talked about today the last jedi and then end that list with rogue one and then my two unwatchable categories i have episode one and two so five four three six solo seven eight rogue one one and two dyson what are your rankings i think i go empire uh a new hope return of the jedi that's kind of like my top tier i I love the, the original trilogy Yep, and then it kind of falls down to like a, a group of like watchable things, and that's like Revenge of the Sith, um, Force Awakens, Rogue One, Solo. Not ne- not necessarily in any particular order. Okay, and then I kind of go down to like the the like the ugh, if I have to, and that's kind of like this movie and um, Phantom Menace with a caveat of like chopping off like the first chunk of that movie. Okay. Uh, and yep. then basically from Tatooine on. And then the last one is like uh, Clone Wars because that movie just like... Yeah. Is, it's like going to the dentist. You know, you don't want to do it unless you're like physically... It's a, it's a necessity for your health. Yeah. Fair so. enough. Fair enough. Nice. Uh, so with that, that kind of ends our review. It's exciting stuff. You know, we're rocking and rolling. Uh, I don't think we have anything else to say other than bye. Yeah. Have a good one. Yeah. All right. Good. Next time. Yeah, I look forward to seeing you guys in the theaters and seeing Rise of Skywalker. Dun-dun-dun! Bye, guys.
are you doing there, 3PO? Taking one last look, sir. At my friends. Smile.